Rachel, good morning. Res kids, you guys are dismissed. After they clear the aisles, ushers, you guys can receive the morning's tithes and offerings. Well, our candle this morning was a little behind, but it got there. Uh, so thank you, Brittany, for uh, lighting that. This morning, um, this has been a really busy couple weeks for me. I've been preparing for the members meeting that we've been announcing for uh, three weeks and is in, was in the email, and we had just a, an incredible, faithful time of celebration of what God is doing here. Uh, we shared just celebration of, of how um, the Lord has been faithful to build in our fellowship in 2019, our uh, average attendance uh, jumped by 14 per, or 16% from about 85 or 82 to 95, but then um, from Risen City Center to the Capitol Theater. Um, but if you remember, we left at least 20 people uh, back at Risen City to be the core of our parish church planting team. So if you factor those people into that number, uh, our growth rate rises to around 40%. And so the Lord has been abundantly faithful. Uh, our giving has increased uh, incredibly from 2017 to 18, 18 to 19, and we're, we're trusting God that we'll all do our part and that we'll consider in, 19, or in 2020. The theme for 2019 was to build. It was the first time in our church's history we weren't in transition of facilities and starting new things. And so we were here and we were able to build towards what God had called us to. And my theme for us in 2020 is this simple word. If you're taking notes, keep this word at the forefront of your mind, is consistency. How you do anything is how you do everything, right? Being faithful in the small, everyday tasks that I already have. That is what our fellowship needs most deeply from you. It's your walk with God, your devotion, your servants, and your, your steadfast commitment to be here where your feet are with joy in your heart and the Spirit of God in you. So it was an incredible meeting. Um, if you need to be added to the email for, for announcements, uh, contact uh, Katie at Katie at ResurrectionWV.com and we'll get your email added to our list. So uh, we passed the budget uh, unanimously uh, for this coming year and we will continue to follow the Lord in faith. Last week, I had but one point that we explored in depth. I said it over and over and over. God has come to earth, and God will come again. We considered our lives playing out in the context of God breaking into the world once to initiate his renewal plan for all things, and then he will break into the world again to bring that plan to completion, to, to finish what he started. And as we understand God breaking into the world at Christmas and God breaking into the world at the second coming, we have these sort of time-temporal boundaries for understanding the story of God. We understand that this is a story of renewal with Jesus Christ at the center as the point and main theme of the story. Knowing that, we begin to understand our roles and embrace our roles in that story. Advent's not a mere emotional escalation for Christmas. It's not a time where you come weekend and get a little more excited, a little more excited, a little more excited. Advent's a time to reflect on that situatedness between God's first coming and his second coming, we remember and reflect on where we are in space and time and learn to live accordingly. This morning we continue asking that question, the one we're asking all four weeks. How do we live in the space between? 
The space between, meaning the space between God's first coming and his second coming, his commencement of the work and his consummation of the work. We won't answer that question fully. It'll take a lifetime to really know. But we can certainly glean enough this morning and over these weeks to deepen our love for God and embrace our role in his renewal plan. This morning we answer the question, how do we live in the space between with two words? By faith. We live by faith in the space between. As Paul would say to the Galatians, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith is a word that you've heard a lot. Faith is a word that you've used a lot. This morning we'll see faith defined, faith observed, and faith embodied. If you're taking notes, those are the three portions of the sermon. We'll see faith defined, faith observed, and faith embodied. When we define faith, our goal is to understand it rightly, to have a good working definition of what it is and what it's not. When we observe faith, we see faith. We see faith in action, this morning specifically from Old Testament saints. And as we think about embodying faith, we take the meaning of it, we take what we've seen to understand it, and we think about living it out in our lives, looking to Jesus and obeying Him. For my teachers in the house, here's sort of the pedagogy of the sermon, right? We want to understand the concept, we want to see examples of the concept, and then we want to put the concept into action. How do you live a life of faith in the space between? I'm glad you asked. We'll answer in the form of a sermon entitled Faith in the Space Between. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to really be jumping all over Hebrews. And so that is a a commercial for the value of bringing your Bibles to church. Uh, I really highly value that. So I encourage you to bring your Bibles uh, to to the fellowship and uh, use the one on your phone, certainly. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, we'll start and try to understand faith and sort of have a working definition for our 25, 35 minutes here together. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. I think the ESV translates this very accurately, but it is a little bit clunky and difficult to understand. The Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, translates it like this. Now faith is the reality of what's hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it, by faith, our ancestors won God's approval. So from these verses, we see that faith is the reality of what is hoped for. Faith is the proof of things not seen. Faith involves, church, an internal component and and certainly external components. Faith involves an internal assurance of an external reality. Faith involves an internal assurance of an external reality. Faith is not a mere wish. Right? Consider eyesight. Physical eyesight uh, gives proof, 
gives evidence of visible things. Faith is like the organ that enables us to see the invisible. Faith gives proof to invisible things just as our eyes gives proof to visible things. Faith then lays hold of what is promised and therefore hoped for as both real and solid, even though yet unseen. Faith lays hold of what is promised, therefore what's hoped for. We hope for what is promised. Faith lays hold of that as real, even though I don't see it yet. Put simply, the sort of faith that pleases God, the sort of faith that the writer of Hebrews will be talking about here in chapter 11 and chapter 12 and throughout, is simply taking God at His word. Faith is taking God at His word. Biblical faith is a confident trust in the eternal, all-knowing, and all-powerful God who proves His faithfulness from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. So biblical faith is not uninformed. If you don't read your Bible because you have so much faith, you actually have very little faith. Faith is grounded in reality. Faith is not anti-intellectual. Faith is not merely that thing which we take and we just plug it in every time there's something we don't understand. Well, how did did this happen or or what's the interpretation of this? Well, that's why you got to have faith. Just don't even ask, right? A real faith doesn't ignore questions. A real faith trusts in the revealed Word of God, even in the face of doubt. Faith is not on the opposite spectrum of knowledge. Biblical faith is not purely emotional. There's a constant tension in the Christian life of making sure that our faith is leading our feelings. Because if our feelings lead our faith, we might have some really great days, but we will also end up shipwrecked at some point in our lives. So we have to make sure in the everyday living of the Christian life that our faith is not just following our feelings. I feel good today, my faith is good, but our faith is tethered to the unchanging God of the Bible who has proved himself faithful over and over again. And my feelings might might be great one day, they might be not great one day, but my faith is grounded in Christ himself. Biblical faith is not blind trust without evidence. Biblical faith is not a leap into the dark, right? Biblical faith is taking God at His Word. It's seeing the testimony of Scripture, the story unfolding from Genesis to Revelation, considering what God says to be true about Himself and about the world around us, and then acting in